your kingdom come. What does that request of the Lord's Prayer mean? What does the Bible teach? We have a summary of that in the Heidelberg Catechism. I invite you to turn with me, the back of your songbooks, to page 895. We want to ask again the Lord to teach us to pray. And especially now to pray, your kingdom come. What are we praying for? How do we pray that? How do we need that? in our lives. Page 895, question and answer 123. Your kingdom come. What does that second petition mean? Your kingdom come means rule us by your word and spirit in such a way that more and more we submit to you. Preserve and increase your church. Destroy the devil's work. Destroy every force which revolts against you and every conspiracy against your holy word. Do this, all this, until your kingdom fully comes when you will be all in all. And then let's turn in our Bibles to James 4. This call to submission to our king. James 4 We read verses 1 through 10 on page 1201, 1201. These guys are fighting in the church. They're not fighting the right thing. Not fighting Satan, they're fighting each other. And for wrong reasons. What causes quarrels? And what causes fights among you? Is it not this that your passions are at war within you? You desire and do not have, so you murder. You covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. You adulterous people. Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you suppose it is to no purpose that the scripture says he yearns jealously over the spirit that he has made to dwell in us. But he gives more grace. Therefore it says God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands you sinners. And purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be wretched, or wretched, and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will exalt you. This is God's word. May he bless us by it.
brothers and sisters in Christ, we're looking at the Lord's Prayer under the theme of Scripture, cast all your cares upon the Lord because he cares for you. Or as it's found in Psalm 55, cast your burden on the Lord and he will sustain you. Take your burdens. Throw them on the Lord. Anything that breaks your heart, anything that hinders your walk with God, anything that afflicts you and weighs you down, any load you carry, any sorrow and grief you see in the world around you, anything that's not right, cast it on the Lord. Cast your burden upon the Lord. But what are the burdens? Even here, we need the Lord Jesus to teach us to pray and teach us what our real burdens are because we'll take our felt needs and cast them on the Lord, our first world needs. Like I want a nicer vehicle. I want a more exotic vacation. I want a comfortable life without any hardships. Those are burdens. Cast your burdens upon the Lord. So what are they? Jesus gave us a list of six primary burdens and really all the burdens of the Christian life hang on those six found in the Lord's prayer. And the first one is, hallowed be your name. God's name is not being hallowed in our lives like it should be or in our neighbors. The burden of God's name. We want to see God's name glorified in ourselves. We want to see our children glorify God's name. We place them before the Lord, our children, grandchildren. We want to see our neighbors honor the Lord's name. But along with that is a second burden. Your kingdom come. We want to see ourselves, our children, and our neighbors living a life of submission to King Jesus, bowing the knee to his kingdom. And that's really what we're praying for in the second petition. It's the burden of submission that we're to cast upon the Lord. Submission in ourselves, our children, our neighbor. Destruction of the evil one who doesn't want us to submit to King Jesus. The burden of submission. And we want to see three things here. We're praying for a submission of our own souls, a submissive soul to Jesus. We're praying against a rebel devil. And we're praying for a submissive globe, a submissive world. Your kingdom come. Praying first for a submissive soul. Isn't that what you want? A heart and life that submit more and more to Jesus Christ. Where all the rebellion and all the resistance and all the talking back to God and all the pushing back against his reign is gone. I want to say first four, four things about the Father's kingdom. When we pray to him, your Father, or Father, Heavenly Father, your kingdom come. The first thing that the Father has given his kingdom to Jesus Christ. He has said to his son, sit at my right hand. Sit on the throne until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. The kingdom of our God is the kingdom of Christ. 
He reigns. That's the first thing. Jesus said, all authority in in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And when he ascended, that's when the mediatorial kingship of Christ began. It will continue till he returns. Second thing, your kingdom come. Kingdom means authority, reign. It's Jesus' reign in people's hearts. It's Jesus' reign in your life, in your home, and in your school and business and workplace and nation. The church is the people of God. Kingdom is not the same thing. Sometimes people identify them. They're not. The church is the people of God. The kingdom is the power of God living in people's hearts and going out from people's lives into every area of life wherever you live and work and serve the Lord. Church is the people of God. The kingdom is the power of God living in people's hearts and going out from their lives into all the world. So wherever the king's people go, When the word lives in us, when submission to Jesus lives in us, we have that influence in our homes and in the workplace. The influence of the kingdom, the power of the kingdom is felt there. And we pray that the Lord will use that to bring many other people into submission to him. So that's the second thing. Kingdom equals authority, reign. The reign of Christ in people's hearts and lives going out from them to influence others. And the third thing is the coming of the kingdom. The coming of the kingdom means that we want increased submission to Jesus' reign. And that goes two ways, intensive increase of Jesus' reign. I want more submission, a more intensive reign of Jesus in my own life. And extensively, I want more people to submit to Jesus' reign, to be rescued from the captivity of Satan, the reign, the dominion of the dark Lord Satan, and be brought into and under the reign of Jesus Christ. Let every, or let earth receive her king, let every heart prepare him room. That's what we're praying for, the coming of the kingdom. More submission in myself, more of other people to submit to the reign of King Jesus. Willing, loving, faithful, believing submission. And the fourth thing, your kingdom come. Means that until he comes back, the fight between the kingdom of Christ and the kingdom of Satan will continue. We stand against that golden age post-millennialism or that hyper-preterism that believes that basically before Jesus comes back, his reign will be here fully and it'll be a very quiet place on the globe. No, no, no. The war rages until he comes back. The coming of the kingdom is never finished until his return. This is a prayer to be prayed by his disciples to the end. It's never fully here. It's always on the way. Always need more, much more of submission to Jesus in ourselves and in others. But brothers and sisters, the prayer, your kingdom come, doesn't start with my neighbor. I want my neighbor to be rescued from Satan, from Satan's dominion, Satan's reign, and brought under Jesus' reign. I want him to be converted to Christ 
It starts with me. It starts with us. The catechism puts that so well. Rule us by your word and spirit so that more and more we submit to you. The Lord Jesus, I want Jesus to reign more and more in me, in my own life and my own household. Because you know what, brothers and sisters? We've not arrived. There's a lot of rebellion still living here and here. There's a lot of insubmission in my own heart and life. Areas of my own life where I'm not recognizing Jesus' authority, where I want him to stay out, where I'm putting up resistance. Do you have that in your life too? Compare the Christian life to a house with many rooms. And when Jesus saved me, he kicked the dark Lord out. He invade, it was an invasion, a gracious invasion. I was under the dark Lord following him. He's holding me captive to my destruction. And Jesus came through the gospel and he kicked him out. He said, Harry, I'm Lord of your life. You're mine. And I received him with thanksgiving by God's grace and said, you're the Lord of my life. But there's many rooms in my house. There's the room of my marriage and the room of my family and the room of all my relationships and the room of my work and my study habits. The room of my emotions. There's all these rooms in my house and there's a couple of rooms that I'd rather Jesus stay out of. I'd gladly give you surrender, Lord, in in eight out of the ten rooms, but there's two where I don't want to submit to you. And I'm praying against myself and that, Lord, help me to submit more and more, all the rooms of my life and every corner of every room in my life to you. I want total surrender. Because you see, that's the problem. None of us, we talk about total surrender. But we've not achieved it. Nobody. Nobody. So Lord, help me to submit more and more to you. What rooms are closed in your life? Maybe you're resisting forgiveness. King Jesus says you must forgive as he forgave you, but you don't want to, you don't want to make any steps toward forgiving him, her. Because hatred or resentment live really deep. And you'd rather live against the gospel than allow Jesus' kingdom to penetrate that problem in your life. And we say, Lord, help me to open that door. I don't know where it's going to go. Or maybe you're loose with your mouth and you're not safe with confidential information. You're a gossip. And you know you should stop that and you should be more discreet with your communications. But you really don't want to submit that part of your life to Christ's authority because it's so much a part of you. But King Jesus says, let no corrupt communication come out of your mouth. Lord, 
Help me to open that door. And maybe you're really into gaming or sports. And you spend all your extra time and have shut up your heart against growing in grace and serving others and growing good and godly relationships because you're so focused on you and that adrenaline rush. Lord, help me. Help me to give more of my life to growing in grace, to godliness. and to encouraging others. In catechism, we talked about the need for growing and being a man of God, a woman of God. That the marks of a man are being a leader who stands up for Christ. That you protect women rather than bully or exploit them. That you're learning the scriptures so that you can lead others. You're using your strength to defend the weak and the vulnerable. You make commitments and you keep them. And yet, boys just want to have fun. And I don't want to devote my life to growing in manliness yet, Lord. I just want to have fun. I just want to play. I just want to watch banal, trivial movies. I just want an easy life and I don't want hard things to do hard things and devote Myself, the Bible study and growth, I, I keep that door closed. Later, Lord. Or maybe a woman growing in God's grace with a gentle and quiet spirit as a supporter and a nurturer and a faithful and strong woman of God. No, girls just want to have fun. Lord, not yet. Or maybe you have a judgmental spirit. And you know that you'd be more compassionate and more kind and more gracious and more encouraging and more walking alongside others, more investing. But Lord, I don't want to change. I'll, I'll give these things to you, but this door stays closed. Well, you name it. There are areas in our lives probably every area that need more submission, more honoring of King Jesus, more giving ourselves up to his reign, more surrender. And that's what James is talking about. Here's a people that have become worldly. Their desires are worldly. Even their prayers are worldly. Because they're worldly, they're fighting with each other. They're coveting. They're killing. And they're in love with amusements and having fun and parties. And they seek stuff more than they seek the kingdom. And then James offers a clear clarion call. Kingdom call to submit to God. Submit yourselves therefore to, to God. 
Surrender to his reign in your life. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be wretched and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. All he's saying is not that a Christian has to be a sourpuss, but there are areas where you need to be crying and repenting and mourning over your sin and you're just, you don't want the Lord to deal with you. He's saying, do it. Because here's the promise. You humble yourselves before the Lord. He'll exalt you. It's like like the Beatitudes. If you mourn, you'll be comforted. If you weep, then you will laugh, the true laugh of the godly. So that's what I need. I need more surrender to my Savior and King. And I need more fight against the devil. And that's what we see secondly. We must pray against a rebel devil. For submission to Jesus' reign, may that increase in our lives. Use us, Lord, to show that good news to others so they also submit preserve your church and add to it through our submission talk about being impactful for the kingdom but Lord I pray not only for submission to your reign I I also need to pray against the devil in my life and in my neighbor's life that rebel devil who leads the whole world astray in an effort to destroy Christ's kingdom. We know he can't win the gates of hell. Jesus said, I will build my church. The church increases. And the gates of hell will not stop it, will not prevail against it, will not win. That's good news. But it involves our prayers against the devil. Remember Romans 16, 20, May the God of Satan, or may the God of peace crush Satan. He does the crushing under your feet. That's a prayer. May the God of peace crush Satan under your feet. So we're called to almighty resistance. So on the one hand, James says, submit to God. And at the same time, resist the devil. They belong together in a kingdom prayer. Peter does the same thing. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. And then he says, be sober, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in your faith. So humble yourselves under God's mighty hand. Resist the devil. They belong together. And when Peter says, be watchful, that reminds us of Jesus' word, watch and pray. Being watchful involves prayer, that you do not fall into temptation. Pray against the devil, the rebel devil. That includes, that prayer against the rebel devil includes three things, praying first for watchfulness. Help me to see what he's up to where he's attacking me and where he's attacking the church and where he's attacking my neighbors, helping to see 
But this deceiver of the whole world, as he's called in Revelation 12, what he's up to. Because if I'm going to resist him, I need to see him. In order to see him, I need to be alert to him. In order to be alert, I got to pray, watch and pray. Help me not to be duped by his lies, Lord, but to discern his lies and resist him. He's a sneaky snake and at the same time a roaring lion. And yet he masquerades as an angel of light. How do you put all those together? Sneaky snake, roaring lion, masquerading as an angel of light. He's the wicked witch that brings tasty Turkish delights to make you sleepy so he can eat you. That's what he's up to. That's his business. So pray for watchfulness, alertness. Pray, secondly, for armor to resist the devil and his schemes. When Paul speaks about putting on the armor of God in Ephesians 6, he says why we need that armor. Ephesians 6 verse 11, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Why we need the armor. And then he says how to put it on. Praying at all times in the spirit and with all prayer and supplication Put on the gospel armor, says to him, each piece put on with prayer. So pray on the armor of God. Pray for watchfulness. Pray for armor. And then thirdly, pray for Satan's doom, for the implosion of all his lies. Pray that false religions would be exposed for what they are, empty. We don't put it down by military crusades or by political coercion. But by prayer and the preaching of the gospel, Lord, may atheism be shown for the emptiness that it is. I think, again, of Ion Hirsia Lee, driven by the sheer emptiness of atheism. I could not endure the emptiness of it, the hopelessness of it. And at the same time, she said, and all that I wanted God to be, I met in Jesus. And you see how the kingdom overcame atheism in her heart. The king, Jesus Christ, exposing to her the emptiness of it. And presenting his own beauty as a king to her. The best, most loving, kindest, compassionate, most gracious, most powerful, most protective husband and king anybody could ever have. Eternal protection in life and in death for body and soul. In fact, it's very interesting that the new atheism, which came about in the 80s and the 90s under Richard Dawkins and Sam Harris and Christopher Hitchens and others, which made such headway for 20 years, has now birthed the evil children of wokeism and cancel culture and fascism that even the new atheists are slowing down their attacks on Christianity and many are converting to Christ. We need to pray against Satan's lies. Recently, Justin Brearley wrote, The Surprising Rebirth of Belief in God, Why New Atheism Grew Old and Secular Thinkers Are Considering Christianity Again. It's imploding. 
The emptiness of it, of it is being exposed. And along comes the gospel message. It's the, the two ways in which the kingdom comes. Exposing the lie, the emptiness, the horrors of Satan, and showing the beauty of King Jesus. And the Lord rushes in to invade and topple Satan off the throne of people's lives and establish his own reign, submission to him. And of course, that submission is to grow for a lifetime, but that's how he works. Pray against the devil. Pray against his lies. Pray that the Lord will expose the wretchedness, the horrors of having the dark Lord Satan rule your life, but whatever lie he chooses to rule your life. St. Augustine said, you know, Christ is also called a lion. The devil's called a roaring lion. Christ is also called a lion because of his courage and protection. The devil is called a lion because of his fury and destructiveness. The one lion, says Augustine, comes to save you and protect you. The other comes to hurt and destroy you. Listen to this description of the King Jesus, Psalm 72. He delivers the needy when he calls. He delivers the poor and him who has no helper. He has pity on the weak and the needy. He saves the lives of the needy. From oppression and violence, he redeems their life. And their blood is precious in his sight. So the young people, God is saying, Christ shall have dominion tonight. I know they like to do that, but sing it again. Because that's about the glory of King Jesus. Pray against a rebel devil. And one more thing, pray for a submissive world. We want the whole world to be taken captive by the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus spoke about, remember Satan as the strong man that binds people and holds you captive in his house and he won't let you go. Until a stronger one comes, beats up the strong man, Satan, and sets the captives free. That's what we want to pray for. The whole world to be set free from the dark Lord Satan. The whole world to submit to the authority of Jesus Christ and receive him as their king. Let earth receive their king. Let every heart prepare him room. The kingdom will cover the globe and include all the nations. Jesus will destroy the works of the devil and the forces of the kingdom of darkness. The, the catechism ends in such a beautiful way. Do this. Destroying the devil's work. Until your kingdom fully comes and in it you are all in all. We're praying now during the millennium that Jesus' reign in people's hearts and lives will increase. That it will prevent Satan from deceiving the nations. He'll keep setting people free from Satan's dominion. But as I said, we're not golden age postmillennialists. 
where we believe that things will get better and better. And before Jesus returns, the battle against Satan will be almost over with just a few satanic strongholds left for Jesus to take care of when he returns in the last day. No, no, no. The Bible describes the coming of Christ's kingdom differently. Listen. As his kingdom advances throughout history, as more and more people around the world receive Jesus as their king, as the church grows, guess what else grows? Satan's fury. Satan's kingdom will increase in ferocity. The enemies of Christ will unite in their warfare of threat and deception. And the battle will become more intense, not because Satan's winning, but because he's losing. Because he's losing. Then on the last day, Jesus will come back to destroy his enemies and ours and take all his people to their eternal home in the new creation and deliver the kingdom back to the Father, and God will be all in all, 1 Corinthians 15. His meteorial reign where he's bringing people in submission to God will end when he returns. Wipe out all his enemies. Bring all the saints into their new home, the home of righteousness. Then he hands the kingdom back to the Father where God will be all in all. That means he'll shine perfectly in everybody's life. In every way, a life of total surrender in every room of your house, everywhere you go. And until that day, may God, the God of peace, crush Satan under your feet. We are agents of the coming of the kingdom. The church is the people of God. The kingdom is the power of God living in people's hearts and lives and coming out from them to influence others. Let the reign of Christ shine from you in your husband's life, in your wife's life, in your children's lives, on the bus, at school, at work, in the fitness club, in your community, across the nation, so that we may be ambassadors of the reign of Christ and through us, more and more people may submit their lives to Jesus Christ. Through us, the invader, the good invader Jesus will come, topple Satan off the throne of people's lives, establish himself as their Lord, but also use us to encourage more submission among fellow believers. Open that door. Let Jesus have a deeper impact on that area of your life. Father, may your kingdom come. Amen. Let's pray. Lord our God, This is a prayer that we need for ourselves, our children, and our neighbors. We want to see the influence of Christ, submission to Christ, fill our lives more and more. There are some dark spots, bad spots. And we want to see that increasing submission in our lives to encourage increasing submission in other believers, but also to bring the good news of the good King Jesus to those who are currently in bondage to Satan. Use us, Lord, as your instruments and ambassadors and agents 
O God of peace, crush Satan under our feet. May your kingdom come. We long for the day when the king comes and finishes the work completely. He comes on the clouds of heaven. And there'll be a new heavens and a new earth where there is no Satan and there is no opposition and there are no closed doors in any rooms of the house, no dark spots, no dark corners. Everything will be light. What a day that will be. Lord Jesus, come quickly. Amen.